Hello everyone, Matt here. I have a very special guest today, George Stachianos. George works, works with business to create long-term success through their daily chosen mindset, attitude, and behavior. It's going to be really powerful because from our previous conversation we had, I can see that we are very aligned, both uh, me and George. So thank you for being the show, George, uh, with me today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Matt. So it's great. So thanks for having me here. So you have a background from a Greek family. I got uh, an Italian background. So we are kind of cousins back, back in Italy. Um, how was it for you, George, growing up in Melbourne uh, from, from, um, you know, from your family that migrated here in Australia? Well, well mate, it was, um, yeah, so I've never really lived anywhere else. So I started traveling when I was 23. I think it was my first overseas trip. I went back, back around Europe, spent some time in Canada working there for a year. And then just continued after that for another six months before we came back with my partner at the time back to Australia. But, mate, it was great. You know, I grew up, we had a lot of fun growing up. You know, like there's, um, I love Australia. We spent a lot of time at the beach. Um, I met some, I've made some lifelong friends here at school and, and through work, which were just make life joyful for me. Um, and, man, I won't, I won't lie to you. It was a bit, there is a cultural cr uh, clash when I was growing up. I didn't speak English till I started primary school, till I started kindergarten. My parents migrated over here in, I think it was the 60s. They met here, decided to stay in Australia, make Australia home. And um, they only spoke Greek to us at school, when we were, at home when we were born. So when I started prep, I had no idea what English was. So, you know, that was, so that was, um, that was interesting. Um, but it, it was just, a, I don't know, I just I loved the experience you made. It's a multicultural country. You know, I've got friends from all over the world. My experiences growing up at high school, a lot of fun. Um, I mean, like, I think any sort of, like, um, um, multi-cultural uh, country, there's definitely a bit of, like, um, bullying here and there because of my race, you know, my Greek background. But at the end of the day, mate, we're all living beings sharing this planet Earth experience. And I realised later in my, in my life that nobody owns the planet. Countries are made up by people. This planet's here for you and I to share wonderful experiences together. And if we can do that, helping each other, it's even better. So, but yeah, I love it here, mate. I love it. I love the country. It's great. It's um, I like the lifestyle here. I'm definitely a beach person, and there's a lot of beaches in Australia, and and I just love the fact that if I'm hungry, I can go down to the city anywhere, even in our suburb here, and you can have a diverse range of just cuisines. It's a great yes, country, yeah. Yes. So, and, and, and you, you definitely get some really good Greek food over here. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Like I grew up eating a lot at home, but it's nice because because now we, I'd say, guess when I cook at home, it's just a typical, I guess, Western diet. You know, sometimes we'll have fish, sometimes we'll have, um, you know, we'll do salads with the fruits and stuff. But every now and then we'll make like a Greek dish like our parents used to, and it is pretty amazing, mate. Like I love the yeah. flavour, especially when you do the herbs and on, on, on the dishes. It's pretty amazing. Yes, that's that's awesome. So before we were chatting, and and I can see that you're really passionate and enthusiastic about exercising, about fitness, and it's something that yeah. I can tell that is a big part of your life. Was this always part of you, or in the past you were kind of a different person that transitioned in this new? George that I have in front of me today. Yeah, it's, it's a, um, yeah, so I think I got into it at a young age, actually, when I was about 14. And honestly, it probably came at the same time I started to be interested in girls because I wanted muscles. <laughs> so, I, um, so, you know, I just started buying magazines um, on muscle building. Back then, I had bodybuilding magazines. At the time, you had people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was usually the guy that was big at the time in those magazines. And later on, when I really got into it in my later teens, it was Dorian Yates was the guy that they used to talk a lot about. 
And but I just yeah I got into fitness and I loved I got into sports. So I was playing volleyball um, with the school team. I loved that. We'd always play basketball with my mates, um, you know, on the weekend or my cousins. And then probably about 16, I thought I really want to develop muscles. So I just started doing things like push-ups. I went to Kmart, stored a hand, bought some dumbbells and used them, not really knowing what I was doing, but I just started to train. And and that kind of continued for me. It stopped in year 12 because it was just the workload was just so much, mate. I didn't do anything. And I noticed the difference because that's the first time I'd experienced a back injury after year 12. So I basically spent the, the whole year sitting down and just studying, not really being engaged with my physical wellness. Um, and yeah, that's and that was also when I went to the gym. I started when when high school finished, I joined a gym, just pushed my legs out, felt this massive crunch in my back, which it wasn't a, like a joint injury. It was just tight muscles and tight ligaments and tendons. And I just didn't really understand the concept of warming up and I, I got injured. But in saying that, I just worked around that. And the more I practiced the um, the movement and I ended up getting, first time I was introduced to massage, I ended up going to a guy who gave me an amazing massage and it just loosened up all my muscles. And funny enough, he spent the whole time massaging my neck, my shoulder blades and my glutes, which was my bum muscles. And that completely released all the tension in the back. Yeah. The lower back, isn't that amazing? It's powerful. And that, and that, yeah, and then I kept it up, and and the more I kept it up, I just fell in love with it, you know. I, and and one of the things that I I got to tell you, I was when I and I really got into it when I started uni, so I was eighteen, and I'm in the I joined the gym there, and I I just didn't know what I was doing, you know. I was playing around with things, looking around, going, no one really back then, no one really taught you how to do things, and I saw this guy Mike. His name's Mike. I found out later on it was Mike, but I see this guy. I knew he wasn't my age, but he looked amazing. He looked strong, healthy, fit, ripped muscles. So one day I went up to him and said, oh, hi, g'day, mate. My name's George. Um, do you mind? I, I see that you know what you're doing. Do you mind if I train with you? But I'll work in with you. You don't have to stop your routine. I'll just meet you here. when you. I'll watch you. And when you're resting, I'll do what you do, just so I can learn. And Mike was just is a genuine guy. Opened up, said, mate, I'm happy to do that. And I just basically, we spent a year training together and I learned a lot, but I just developed a lot as well and became good mates. And that's really when I learned about, um, just about fitness and training. So yeah, I've been doing this my whole life. But in saying that, if you want to get into how I, why I chose to make it um, diligent in my life now with my fitness and my business, that's another story because I experienced disease and I'd rather we talk about this in a Q&A sort of style because yeah, I got into it at a long age and I've stuck with it. And, um, and it's been the best thing ever, mate. And I've experienced some traumatic things and fitness has been the foundation behavior that has helped me work, work through those things and thrive through those experiences. Yeah, so let's talk about this. Um, age 31, diagnosed with stage two follicular lymphoma. So what yeah, happened? Yeah, that's right. Mate, I, um, I just ended up having a massive lump under my jaw, literally the size of my jaw. It didn't hurt, wasn't, but it was massive. And I went to a... I just let it go for a while and I went to a GP to look at, oh, do you know what this is? They thought I just may have had a cold in my body's um, fighting. And um, so I got a round of antibiotics for a month. Nothing, it didn't do a thing, didn't even shift the size, just stayed there, went back. They gave me another round of antibiotics, didn't do a thing. And then I went back for an autopsy and they, oh, not, no, 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 yeah, just bi sorry, not no, autopsy is when you die, a biopsy. That's what I thought of biopsy. A biopsy, yeah, it didn't, it didn't sound right. A biopsy, that's right. And they, um, they, they took a bit out and then said, we'll come back and then we'll see when we come back, see what it comes back. This was interesting. I'm going to tell you, so this is when I found out I had cancer. 
we go back to get the results. My son, Stefan, was six months old at the time. Um, and we're in there. And um, the guy's reading the letter from my biopsy results. And there's a knock on the door. The, the nurse walks in. She goes, oh, doctor, we think somebody's having a heart attack next door. And the doctor has looked at her and said, you need to deal with that. <laughs> and I went, how bad is my situation if you're prioritising me over a suspected heart attack? And then he just went, mate, you've got follicular lymphoma. And I, and I knew what, a, what lymphoma was because my ex-partner, the mother of my children, she's, she's, um, she treats cancer for a living. She works as a radiation therapist. So I knew what it was. And honestly, mate, this felt like a long time, but I know it's just a second. First, my heart just stopped and just became squeezed tight. It's like the blood ran out of my body. And then I was like, there's these flashcards. Should I be angry? No, I don't like that. Should I be sad? No, I don't want to do that. Should I just be positive and work this out? You're like that. And then I, it felt like a while, but I knew that that happened in seconds. And then I just said, the guy, okay, I know what that is. What can I do about this? And that's kind of where things started. And just to move it forward, I just told myself in that moment, well, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna work this out. I'm not going to die from this. I will work this out. I remember saying that in that moment. So we went home and told the family, hey, everyone, I've got cancer. Everyone freaked out. I remember saying, just relax, dudes. I'm not going to die from this. I'm going to work this out. And then that started the process of we worked out um, where it was, was it through the whole body? And it turns out mine was through the whole body. And the only place that I hadn't touched was my bone marrow. And then the next thing they told me was, there's nothing really we can do for you. We might, we can try chemotherapy, but we don't know, it won't get rid of it, but it might put it in remission for a week, a day or a year. We don't know, mate. But if you do get chemo and it's successful, you only get one crack at it. You don't get another crack at it. And we knew that remission doesn't mean it, it's gone. It means it's put to sleep and it may come back again, right? So, and that's when I thought, okay, well, if you can't help me, what if I can do something to help my body? And that's that's sort of where my thinking went, you know? And and just to share that with you, so that was when I was 31, right? And so I had, what I have? Like um, all these, it was stage two, it was all, all these golf ball size lumps here in my neck, right? Big golf ball size. And I just knew. So, so I thought, look, I, and at the end of the day, I knew from just my partner talking to me about her work that cancer is just an irregular cell. And the immune system gets rid of irregular cells every day. It just takes them out of the system. This shouldn't be here. It gets it out, right? But these cells didn't get through. I thought, what if I just strengthen my immune system? That was my thinking, right? But initially, I went to a lot of retreats to see what people are doing. And, and these are retreats from people that have had severe um, terminal cancer that 30 years later they're still around fit strong healthy and and one of those people I went to Dr Ian Gawler's um, retreats it was amazing that guy had a very aggressive uh, bone cancer like 50 years ago and still around today amazing you know they, they removed uh, amputated his leg so you might have two years with the, if we remove your leg and then he just had other views on how he could get better on 20 you know he's still I think he's still alive today it must be in his 80s uh, but he's still alive today and, and the other person I went to was Patria King. Same thing. I think her cancer was acute myeloid leukemia. And she was basically told, you've got less than a few months. And then she basically is still around today. But they didn't, it didn't happen to them by chance. They changed their behavior and their body responded. So when I went to these retreats, something that stuck for me from Patria's was that people that went through her retreat program, which is just about self-awareness, becoming aware of what you need to do to basically what how your body and mind heal in life right and she one thing she said to me was that people that come through and the people that go through her retreat they're usually in a bad place um 
they either go into a complete um, remission, so they never get it back, or they massively, massively outlive the life expectancies modern medicine has for them. So one example is a guy that went in there, they said, you got two months left with your brain cancer, and then you're, I think it was brain cancer, and then you're out. And then two years later, it comes back and offers them a gift to say, thanks so much, your program helped me change my life. So, so I walked away with that in mind, thinking, well, behavior change might be it. And I knew that where I was in my, um, my life personally and professionally, I was just not enjoying life for a long time. And, and just tolerating just what I consider just not, it's not loving or encouraging behavior. First, it started with anxiety. Then I know I had depression because one day I couldn't get out of bed, man. I really couldn't. I was like, come on, man, you got to get yourself out of bed. Wash yourself, go in the shower. I'm driving to the place I was working at the time and my body wanted to turn the car around to go home. So I was like, wow, this is weird. And then, um, and then a few months later, I found out I can't. So I went, wow, all right, well, I'm going to change my life. Just by quitting that job. And it did, don't forget, I once I found out cancer, I basically thought, I need some time to work this down. I had heaps heaps of um, leave from work. So I'd been there for almost 10 years, never really taken a, a sick day. So I took a couple of months, went to these retreats, and I came back. I need to change my life, mate. This is what I just kept coming to. That. I need to change the way that I experienced this planet Earth adventure. So by just by quitting that place, and the job I took was a bigger job. Like they had a sale, the, the job I went to, to another organisation, was a head of sales role, which is more responsibilities. But quitting that environment that I was in, I just, that day when I left, I just felt all that anxiety and and the sadness or depression wash off my body in an instant. It's just like it melted off. And within three or four months of, of being out of there, all these golf ball, golf ball sized tumors in my neck that you could see popping out just went away. They were gone. And the oh, rest of the cancer wow. was growing for about Amazing. five years. It stopped growing. It didn't go away, but it stopped eating through the organs. Because it was everywhere. Like, Amazing. Um, George, tell me something. Like, what were you doing in these retreats that was so transformational? What What did they What did they do with you? It was more that it was a lot of self awareness, self reflection. They weren't. They weren't. It's not like here, drink this juice and you'll get better. It wasn't like that at all. It's basically trying to get us to a point to realize that if you're experiencing disease. What is it about your life that's causing this? Maybe you need to change your life. And that's when I started to think about, the re if I'm experiencing dis-ease, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's cancer, whether it's type 2 diabetes, whether it's cardiovascular disease, whether it's anything, it's the result of my behaviour over time. Because there were, time, there were times I've never felt anxiety or depression. I've never felt that. It's not who I am. And I'm like, what is changing my life for me to feel like this? And it was, I looked around, we went, Look at the way I'm experiencing this, this life. It's horrible. I don't like this. So when I changed my experience, and, and that's entirely in our control, um, everything starts to shift for me. So, but in saying that, so the cancer goes away, and this is where it gets a bit interesting, right? Um, so the new place I'm at, I was there for three years, loved the job. Um, my team were amazing. We're kicking massive goals. And then that same, um, I'm going to call it narcissistic culture of corporate, the corporate world has, and usually an exec level came in. They asked me to do things that I knew were just horrible to human beings and completely unnecessary. We're making a lot of money. We're highly profitable. This is completely unnecessary. And I just felt the anxiety coming back again. I went, why is it? And then the cancer starts to grow again because I was getting regular checkups. It started to eat through my, my intestine. They said, wow. And then, um, and then I'd be keeping in mind, this is where complacency came in. I completely forgot what I did to get better anyway. So it's like I went back into that little, um, you know, spin cycle of just living, just existing. It wasn't living, it was more existing. And then I thought, well, you know what? Um, 
when I came to this place, I was on the provision that people first, it's people first, profit second, because if we look after our people, then they'll look after our business. That was always my philosophy, right? And that worked. It worked. It turned that business around. The business I came into was pretty, not in a good place. We got activity of staff turned around within three months. We were profitable within six months. And next three years later, we're the most profitable business they have within their group. It was amazing, right? So we were doing a great, this is in the financial services side of the business, right? They had other areas that were highly profitable, non-financial services. And, and they were asking me, you know, to get rid of people. I'm like, why would we do this? This doesn't make sense. By the way, just after the GSC, when no one's employing, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's no jobs. And these people had families, mortgages. I was like, I'm not doing, this is unnecessary. We're making money. Everyone's happy. There's no need for this. And so I just thought, well, this is not, and then the cancer um, started to grow again. So I went, all right, well, I, I need to get out. I knew I had to get out of there. And and we talked about me trying chemotherapy. And I knew at that time, isn't it funny? I knew I just needed time to work out how to heal. So I thought I'll give chemo a go. So I quit that job and basically thought I'll take time out now and just work, focus on getting better and getting working on my healing now what's interesting chemo did scare the shit out of me a bit actually because i knew it was toxic poison and that poison was killing every cell in my body it was killing my healthy cells and the cancer cells i knew that but when i went in there and i was i, I had um fortnightly treatments for uh three months right when i went in there i kept telling myself every time they'd inject me with that that cocktail of, of poison chemicals I'd always tell myself, this is healing liquid, washing the cancer out of my body. I'm really grateful for that. And then, of course, I'd fall asleep, so I'd have a reaction to it. They'd always give me an antihistamine and knock me out. But outside of going completely bald, I didn't have any adverse events, no side mm. effects. Isn't that interesting? Outside of just going completely bald, having no hair on my body, that was it. Like, and, and my cancer went into remission. And all, even though they said to me, dude, we don't even know if this will do anything, but we're hoping it will put into remission. Um, it went into remission, completely into remission after the third round, wow. which was good, but also meant that because it was eating through my small intestine, because the cancer receded so quickly, all my intestines started to leak into my abdomen, and I had to get rushed in for emergency surgery halfway through my treatment. So wow. that was, but you know what? It turned out well. They took out, how is this? They took out seven centimeters of my small intestine, reattached it, and when, when I woke up out of surgery, I, I just remember seeing diagrams of your intestine. It's so well lined up. Everything. I said, dude, how'd you put it back? He goes, we just shove it back in and sit you up. And I was like, what? Can you, what about, don't you put the organs back in place? And he goes, no, mate, the body will work that out. And that's when I later realized it's always these muscles, your body's, all these organs, they just, they work it out. You know, they just get themselves back into position. Crazy, And man. that was it. Crazy. Um, well, yeah. one question I want to ask you before you keep going is, um, have you ever used fasting as a, as a way of helping? Um, I do now, but I never used to. Fasting is something new for me. And it's interesting. I've only been doing this for a couple. I do time restricted eating. And I've been doing this now for about two months. And I went from 95 kilos, predominantly, I'd say muscle, because I was working heavy weights, down to 86. Still as strong, but just leaner, really lean. Yeah, so so I'm, yeah. doing, I'm doing trying to do two meals a day. So wow. I, I I start eating about 11 or 12, and my last meal will be by about eight. So and I try not, and all I've done is really eliminated snacking. That's what it's been happening. Yes. So, yes. And, but this is interesting because part of my healing um, from cancer was to basically eat food off the earth. 
So even now, I predominantly eat like a vegetarian. I read, if I have red meat, because if you invite me to your house, you cooked a beautiful lamb roast, we'll share it together. Yeah. But generally, I, I eat like a vegetarian. Yeah. And and as a vegetarian, I don't get, um, and I don't, I'm not religious about this. I just, I just thought to myself, well, the strongest animals pound for pound are gorillas. Yes. Well, I'll try, I'll try plants. So, and what's happened? My waist size got down. I'm yep. leaner. Yep. I sleep better. I energy sustainable throughout the day. I don't get body aches and pain. I just don't get that. I recover quickly from post workouts, and I sleep amazingly well. And I don't get digestive issues. I used to get digestive issues all the time. Now I don't get that. It's amazing you know, that so- they you, you say that because um, uh, me and my partner we we actually are the same. You know, we are on, on a plant based diet. I don't consider myself vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian. If I go out, I have a piece of fish. I have yeah. it. I don't eat meat anymore. I don't eat, I don't eat chicken. But uh, we eat predominantly plant-based. And as you said, you just stay leaner. Is You feel healthier. And fasting is such a powerful, powerful tool because um, you do these yeah. this blocks of 16, 18 hours of fasting and your body is regenerating yeah. itself. Like it's this... Yeah, um, that's right. It, it's so true. It's so, and guess what? If you're doing that, so, and I found this, and I, I, I did it instinctively, and because I was obese a few years ago, right? And, and that's, sorry, so if you want to get back to the, um, this will come back, it'd be really handy if we come back to this. When I recovered from the chemo and the surgery, I was ripped, mate. I was doing muscle ups. I, I'm going to eight pack my, my, my serratus muscles, my obliques, everything was flaring out. You just see it. And then I thought, I'm going to work for myself. When I don't want to work for us anymore. I'll do Because at the end of the day, I thought, I do all the work anyway. I come up with the ideas. I find the clients. I deliver the outcome. The only thing that, that those companies are doing was funding my time. I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to take the risk and do it myself. Because what I realized in business, if you're prepared to do in the, put in the effort and you're prepared to keep developing your skills and, and you deliver on your promises, you're going to be successful. It's just a matter of time. Just be persistent. Mm. And the two, the two biggest success factors that i've that i i'm i promote in business be someone they can trust speak with truth be transparent follow up and deliver your promises really simple if you're delivering on your promises and you're truthful and you're transparent people will want to work with you mate and that's that's my experience with business when i was both employed by corporations and now that i've been working for myself for a few years and it's been amazing it's it's simple so yeah you're prepared to put in the effort and you're consistent and structured with your approach, you'll be successful. Because at the end of the day, the only difference between clients are companies that they will pay your salary, but you still do the same. You still have to find the clients, mate. You still have to engage with them. You still have to follow through on the program. You still have to do all that. The only thing I don't do now, I don't have to deal with the rubbish that goes around it. This person's not doing that. They're not doing that. They blame you for this. They blame all the crap that goes on, which is kind of totally unnecessary. Yep. Yep. Sorry, we've just made we've just made three hundred million dollars profit. That's not enough for us. You're gonna have to suck sack these five people who by the way have young families and a mortgage, but get rid of them because three hundred million dollars profit. That's not enough for us. Yeah. And that that's the real story. It's ridiculous, right? So, and I think that the other great thing about having your own business is you are in charge and you are so agile in making decisions. Like you can quickly decide. You don't don't have all these politics, all of these, you know, board of directors, right. people to, you know, to put together and it's, it's a lot easier to just, um, just be agile, I guess, in, in the way that you run yeah. your business. And, and deliver the outcome. So the contract that I'm working with now, when I met with the CEO and, and what I'm selling is, is um, high involvement financial services um, solutions. 
And I remember saying to him, yeah, but it's no, business is no different if I'm selling you a cup of coffee or if I'm selling you, you know, uh, a way to manage your, your own fund, your own super fund. It's, um, this is my product or service. What problems does it solve? It solves these five problems. Who has these problems? These people have. Well, let's go talk to them. Um, hi, sir. Do you have this problem? Yeah, I have a solution. Can I speak to you about it? Sure, you can. You can speak to me, with me about it. That you tell them they like it. Would you like to deal with us? We'd love to deal with you. Then I make sure that engagement process is seamless. That's business. It's really that simple. And whether you're selling popcorn makers, whether you're selling investment funds, or, or um, it generates whatever you're selling, it's the same human behavior. Yeah. What so problems true. do we solve? We have these problems, approach them. Hey, mate, ask them, do they have them? Do you want to hear about it? If you've heard it, would you like to deal with us? They say yes. Make sure that process is simple and seamless and be transparent about I it. I love it. I love and, it. And that's, yeah, that's what I do now. So, but in saying that, so with, with my focus, um, it all starts with our health. And, it, and honestly, it always starts with your physical health. Because your physical, this is our home on this body. This body, physical body, this is my home while I'm visiting planet Earth. Because we're all just visiting, right? And and something that I've become aware of from my experiences, um, I choose to be on the, and this is, I'll just explain to you how I say it. Um, we all have the power of choice. Now, regardless of what thoughts are my mind producing or what feelings my body's experiencing, I can choose my mindset, attitude, my behavior. This is our, we all have this power. And the more we practice this, the better we get at, at, at applying your skills to daily life. So um, when I had the cancer, I remember saying, relax everyone, I'm not gonna die from this. I'm gonna work this out. I'm gonna work out how to help my body heal. And just by making that choice, I've already opened up my awareness to the possibilities. And then I back that up with action. Everything has to happen with action. And I'm just gonna say this, whether you believe in the spiritual world or whatever God you believe in, you are now living on planet earth in a planet earth body, the human body. Here, it needs you to make your own choices, think for yourself and follow that up with daily behavior. This concept of somebody else will deal with it or some spirit will deal with it, that doesn't exist. On this planet, you have to take responsibility for your life and whatever your experience you want to look like, and then you support that daily with your mindset, attitude, and your behavior. That's how it works. Okay. And our mindset and attitude is a choice. So let me, and this is the way I explain it. Thoughts are what the mind does. Our mind produces thoughts. But it's not reality or facts, it's a thought. So here's a thought, I wanna drink a coffee. My mind's saying, put it down, you don't need it. But I'd like to drink it. I ignore that thought, I'm gonna drink my coffee and I'll go ahead and I drink my coffee. That's how we practice using our mindset, our power of choice. And the other way that I look at it is, is, is this, uh, with a feeling, and itch is a feeling, right? Itchy, itch is a feeling. Does an itch ever stop me smiling? No. Does it stop me getting up and doing my job? No. So why is the feeling of anxiety or feeling of depression? Why would I allow that to stop me? Regardless of how I'm feeling, I can still choose my mindset, attitude, and behavior. Because we're not our feelings, we have feelings. We're not our thoughts, we have thoughts. Dude, sometimes I'll be talking to the weirdest people and the thought is, mate, I really just want to like slap some sense into you right now. But I don't do it. That's a thought. It's not reality or facts. It's what's the mind popped up. I choose how I'm going to think about this situation. I think, well, do you know what? I choose to be compassionate with this human being, a little empathetic. I choose to listen to him and see if I can offer him some guidance. That's the difference. Yeah. Thoughts come and go. Feelings come and go. We always have our power of choice. That is constant with us. And the other magical thing is this, mate. We can only have our attention on one thing at a time. So you're either focusing on your thoughts 
or you're focusing on the present moment. And the only moment that exists and matters is this present moment. Nothing else exists. The past is gone. It's never coming back. It's disappeared, disintegrated. It's gone. But the present moment exists. And if we focus our attention on the present moment through the senses, through feeling, touch, smell, and you know, physical stuff, you're not paying attention to your mind, which is not reality or facts. It's not even the present moment. And the way that I describe that, have you ever been driving your car thinking about your day? Then you think, how the hell did I get to these lights? Mm -hmm. You ever had that experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, driving, yeah. And you're thinking, how do I get here? Because you're paying attention to your thoughts, and even though your eyes are seeing Just the autopilot, nothing registered. <laughs> yeah. Nothing registered. Because we can only focus our attention on the present moment. And when you look around you, this is my present moment experience right now. I'm speaking with you. I'm in my home. I've got a warm coffee next to me. I'm feeling great. Do you know the weather? Although it's not sunny, I still like it. Really, this is my real planet Earth experience. Not whatever thoughts are going in my head. That's not reality or facts. So, and this is where I came down to it. Every time in a situation now, regardless of the thoughts um, are going in my head, what I'm feeling, I choose my intention and I support my intention with my mindset, attitude and behavior. So if I'm in a bad situation, I choose to resolve it. And then I support that with my mindset, attitude and behavior in a positive way, empowering way. And it always comes down to uh, responsibility, truth, authenticity. Always comes down to that. Take responsibility for my life choices and experiences without judgment or expectations. I choose not to judge myself. It's very easy to judge yourself. So I just say I choose not to judge myself. I love myself. I'm a human being. I choose to learn from this experience. And then I apply that with my mindset and behavior. This is part of the healing process. So if I can take it back to what happened when I recovered from that six-pack days, I went back working for myself. I tried a few things, didn't work. And I thought, you know what? What if I just consult a big company? And be like an extent, like a contracted distribution business for them. So I started doing that. Got my first um, contract with a, an amazing business, who I've recontracted with now. Actually, it's pretty amazing, and, and I love it, mate. But um, two months into that contract, my arms started trembling like that. It just wouldn't stop trembling to the point I couldn't use a mouse. I'm right-handed. I keep deleting files, not be able to get them back, so I couldn't control my arm. So anyway, I'd present. I'd go to. Um, we had a couple of big presentation I had to do. I present my hand in my pocket because I didn't want it um, shaking and public. And I would refuse to write anything because I couldn't. I couldn't hold a pen. It was like I just couldn't function. It was literally trimmed like that. And then towards the week before Christmas, I started hallucinating a lot and I just couldn't control my limbs. It was really bad. I'm trying to wrap my kids' presents and the papers is getting torn because I just couldn't control my limbs. So that night, um, when I was with my partner, my ex-wife and, and our kids, we drove to her parents and said, look, you guys have Christmas. I can't stay here. I need to go to hospital. She goes, why is that? Because there's something seriously wrong with me, man. I'm hallucinating in the middle of the day for no reason. I'm fucking my, I'm getting a panic attack for no reason. I can't stop my arm from, from basically shaking. And I can barely hold a glass. I'm not going to enjoy this. It's going to be terrible. So um, I admitted myself in the hospital on the 24th of December um, in, in Sydney. And then over the next six, seven months, I may remember one or two days. And that was, it's like time travel, mate. And I digressed from, hey, man, this is what's wrong with me, to um, being vegetated, to being in diapers because I couldn't get up and use the bathroom, to um, um, having seizures like epileptic fits continuously, like every couple of minutes, nonstop. Um, for, and that would have gone for a while because I literally, out of six or seven months, I may remember three or four days, maybe. Isn't yeah. that amazing? 
Wow. Yeah, and so wow. I didn't lose my wife. I didn't even remember that I had kids. I didn't remember that I was married. I didn't fucking. I lost all, all knowledge of my life experience. Wiped. And um, and and then I remember one point. I remember having Tourette's. Going, um, I remember people in the room said, "Can you guys leave? I have this amazing sensation just to swear really bad." So they got out of the room. I swore like crazy. So you can come back in now. I feel better. <laughs> I was like, it was very bizarre. Wow. Um, it got down to a point where I got down to like 35 kilos and they said it's palliative care time mate. we've tried every drug there is nothing's working with this guy they 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 they, they think they're, they're assuming I had autoimmune encephalitis where there were like five so did, did you world. you said you lost 35 kilos no I came down to 35 kilos I went from remember that six-pack photo 77 kilos of lean muscle I got down I don't remember this this is my parents tell me when they arrived at the hospital months later, I was down to 35 kilos and I couldn't control my limbs. Like that's what I got down. That's why they said my parents got called to come up because I live in Melbourne. I was in Sydney because my ex-wife said, look, it's not looking good. Do you want to go come up and see him? Because they basically told us palliative care time. We tried nothing's working with this bloke. And, you know, when you go down to 35 kilos, mate, it's pretty like, you know, you're basically skin and bone. And, wow. and it was nuts. Well, again, I don't remember any of this. You know, I broke my collarbone. I remember that. I kept thinking, why is my arm hurt? My collarbone. I don't remember. I don't remember. There's so much I don't remember. Wow. <laughs> but again, so, um, and honestly, do you know what saved me? And they even drew it into my brain because they had, there were lesions in my brain, thought maybe this is related. And they scraped things off and they, they took them off. And some guy came back and thought, look, they don't really, you know, at the end of the day, they don't even know what I have. They think they assumed it was autoimmune encephalitis. But it, um, they don't know. You know, they really don't know. So it was just a mystery. But I'll tell you what saved me, though. When my parents came up, and this was probably four months into my massive decline in hospital, three or four months into it, all my parents did was they moved into the hospital. And, of course, my, my ex-wife and all our family were involved in, in my recovery. But my parents were the ones that basically moved in. And my dad would just physically rehab my limbs while I was in bed. And my mum would just cook me fresh uh, food, mainly vegetarian um, meals and fruit. And the more they did that, I started to get better. And then in August, I basically was able to walk out of that hospital and then cut, do outpatient care. But I remember when I saw my last visit with the neurologist take care of me, I remember saying, mate, will I make a full recovery? And he couldn't believe my progression, by the way, that he couldn't believe where I'd come to, where I could basically walk on my own and at least speak again. And he goes, oh, maybe 95%. And I just went in that moment, I will make a, I just told myself, I will make a full recovery. And that was it. Wished him well and then took off. And ever since then, man, I've been, the two biggest things that helped me massively was taking responsibility for my life choices and the shit that I was tolerating and how much it was affecting me emotionally, mentally, and then physically and movement in nature. The more I moved in nature, and I'm talking about just bushwalk after bushwalk, everything healed. My motor skills all came back my anxiety and depression went away my mind calm and and that's how i got better the more i did uh, the more, and a lot of it you know, dealing with internal family issues you know i i i was um the lack of truth transparency honesty and integrity with the people around me was fucking horrific for me and that actually matters you know being around people that love you and that you feel safe around matters i didn't feel safe around these people I don't know they didn't love me because that's not they're manipulators. Mate, if you're hitting me in the face and you're telling me you love me, you don't really love me. You're just a manipulator. <laughs> and that's what and unfortunately I was surrounded by a lot of people like that. And so one of the first most healing things I did 
was start cutting him loose really lovingly. Saying, hey, man, listen, you behave like this, this, and this. It's really having a bad effect on me. I don't want to be invalidated anymore. Thanks. For, I remember saying things like, thanks for the life lessons and the memories. Take care of yourself, George. And that's it. Done. Cut it loose. Move on to the next one. And the more I did that, it's like a detox. It, wow. It's like a emotional de- and and by the way, we're all everything's connected with us. So you know, you know, and this is how I explain the mind body connection. If I asked you to think about being naked and intimate with someone you love and attracted to you, and I really let me think about this, you really start to have a reaction. Your heart rate goes up. You know, you start to you get aroused. It ha- yeah, that's yeah. the mind body connection. Yeah. Our behavior matters. You can exercise and eat well as much as you want. If you're not taking responsibility and dealing with your life, you're an experienced disease. That's what was happening with me. I tried to focus on the physical, but I wasn't dealing with the behavioral stuff in my life. I needed to do that. And initially that went to anxiety. Then I kept pushing through with meditation exercise. And that just built to depression. And then I kept pushing through with more exercise and meditation. And then eventually got to cancer. And it took cancer for me to say, I've really got to change my life, mate. I need to deal with this. And that's the start of my understanding of the healing process, that our behavior, it's the mind-body connections rule. What we do, that we all matter. What we do daily matters. If you're at home, be kind to yourself. Be positive. Do something every day that brightens you up. And, and, and that's, how sort of, that's how I progress. But the brain injury was when I realized I can't just exist. I really need to live. And I, my, and I really think my immune system, in, in summary, my immune system shut down my brain. Because it just, for no reason. And I really think the reason was I went back to work for money and not for something that I really wanted to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And although I was doing highly successful, earning 220 an hour, all expenses paid, mate, fucking great job. It was killing my life energy, basically. And my body just said, well, and I don't know, it comes down to this, because my body's here for me. Matt, no one else has your retinal, your, your, um, your thumping that body is your body for your experience this is my body for my experience I know I'm not my body because I started out as a single cell that went through a penis into a into a woman into her womb and then I grew into this experience but I'm not my body because I can replace every organ every limb in this body and I can still function in it this is my body for my experience it's designed to be a temporary experience which is why the body ages but we don't have to get old Getting old is a choice, man. And me and millions of other people are great examples where you can be fat, unhealthy, disease-ridden, and through your behavior change and be consistent daily over time, you can turn that around and transform your life into something that's joyful, it's healthy, it's motivating, it's peaceful, and you love it. doesn't mean you don't deal with um, bullshit every day. There's also, I deal with bad things every day. The nature of life on this planet, but it means the way that I handle it now is a very healing way, especially mm. when people try to manipulate. And I tell call them out on it very simply, you know. We have this agreement, I've delivered, you're not honoring your part, mate. That's called manipulation. You should honor your part. Yes, yes, yes. I absolutely love it, man. Like you, you are such a powerhouse. The things that you're sharing is is so powerful. And I'm completely with you, age is a number. You know, there are people that are yeah. my there are people that are 32, like myself, that they repeat to mess to themselves that they are old. Oh, I'm old, I'm old, I'm old, I'm old. So mindset, you know. It is a mindset. Yeah. So you've got to support that with your behavior. You can't just say, I'm, I'm young. Well, back it up with something. You've got to do this physical body needs you to do the work. Yeah. This life experience needs you to put in the effort. If you want to be a positive person, it works like this. Do you know why I'm a champion? 
because I choose a champion mindset attitude behavior. That's why I'm a champion, not because I just stay and do nothing. That that's crazy to me. So I choose to be a champion because I and I support my choice with my mindset, attitude, and behavior. And that's why I am a champion. All starts with choice. And at the end of the day, you can reset your life, mate. I don't care if you right now you're behaving like the biggest asshole. You can hit the reset button and say, that's not who I am anymore. I'm letting that go. And you talk to yourself. I choose to be a kind, encouraging person. Then you support that choice with your daily mindset and behavior. That's how it works. And the more you do it, the better. And see what happens on our brain level? As soon as you make that choice, bam, there's a neuron connection. The more you practice, the stronger that gets. And that is another example. This body and this brain is here to support us, not the other way around. If you want a strong body, you lift weights. See what happens when you do resistance and strength training or push-ups, any sort of wall band resistance training? If you do resistance and strength training, do you know what your body says? I better get stronger. I'm going to develop your stronger bones. I'm going to increase your muscle fibers, give you bigger muscles. I'm going to improve your cardiovascular health and your network so the blood flow and the energy gets better. In fact, I'm even going to improve your cognitive function so you think smarter. So everything is a response to our behavior. It all starts with us, mate. And stop yeah, blaming others. You know, assholes around the world, mate. That happens. They're all over the place. But the, we have a chance to respond. You know, you can say, look, dude, that's shitty behavior. I choose not to deal with you. But, and, and the big thing that, that I think is, Holding people accountable is an act of kindness. Because if you don't break, I, I had to tell, I took a guy to court recently. I never do this, right? He screwed me over your client, screwed me over completely. And I remember saying, dude, I'm taking you to court over this because I'm going to break my cycle of tolerating people like you and I'm breaking your cycle of screwing people over. And anyway, he went through the process. I won the case. He paid everything anyway. I thought, unnecessary, mate, completely unnecessary, you know? Wow. And, and that was it. And again, I bought him. I wish you all the best in life, mate. But you cannot continue down this path the way you're going now and expect to get a great life. It doesn't work like it. that. I love it. I love um, it. Um, George, one thing I wanted to, to ask you, if you had to give a piece of advice to someone that is going through a very tough moment, uh, you know, either with a disease or with their own business, I know we spoke a lot about mindset, attitude and behavior, but what would it be your number one piece of advice to, to help someone to get out of the stuck and, and kind of, you know, get yeah. back like you did so many times in your own journey? Yeah, um, two things. One, let go of, this is a simple one you can do right now, let go of everything that feels destructive to you right now or what you want to create, whether it's a mindset at your behavior, whether it's relationships, whether it's naysayers, whether it's whatever it is, let it go. You know, and, and can I, can I, before I make my next comment on this, can, can I just take it through just a Q&A thing I do with people? Which is gonna, and so, Matt, um, just remind me, how much does planet Earth charge the government for all the things it sells to us for hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah. What's that number? Zero. It's zero. Thank you. Money's made up. It's not real. This planet Earth, which by around has been around for a trillion years, and that provides everything every living being needs to live a great life, this planet provides it for free for everyone. All right, so now that we've got that, and okay, so money's not real, right? Secondly, um, what do you take with you when you leave the planet? <laughs> nothing, nothing. All right, so money's not real, you take nothing when you leave the planet. What can you leave those you love? So no matter what happened in their 80 to 100 year experience, they will always be okay. What can you leave them? Well, making, uh, respecting the environment, pretty much, respecting the, the, the earth. Yeah, and memories. It's memories. And, memories. and you do that through time, through time together. Yeah. Okay, so 
Money's not real, it's made up. You take nothing with you and it's memories. And it's these little daily moments that matter. One of the most joyful times in my life was when my son wanted to learn to surf. We hired a, went and hired a surfboard, got in the water. We spent six hours, I was just pushing him out. It was the most amazing time, cost nothing. We still remember that today, it was like seven years ago. We both still remember the joy of that today. Watching him stand up blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, you're right, mate. This is so incredible. Amazing. So, okay. And the other thing is, what's the most valuable thing you own on this planet that you can share with someone else? The most valuable thing you'll ever own on this planet? My own, I, that I can share with someone else? Yeah, what is it? What you own that you can share. What's the most valuable thing you own that you time. can share with someone else? Time. Your Thank you, your time. Beautiful. Your time. And guess what? You can't buy more time. You can't steal it. You can't pay for it. You can't be gifted for it, but you can earn it. And I'm an example of earning more time on this planet and improving my quality of life. And I'm one of millions of examples on the world. And the only difference between me and those that don't is that I do the work. That's it. That is it. The only difference is I do the work every day consistently to create my intention. It's not even that hard, mate. It's not. If I ask you to do five push-ups a day every day or 10 push-ups a day every day for a year, do you know how many push-ups that is a year? 365 and every push-up adds to your bone density improvement to your muscle and skeletal system improvement which means you're more stable mobile strong your endurance is better it improves your cognitive function improves your cardiovascular health it improves your mood it improves everything and if you look at the hormones or the chemicals that make us happy dopamine oxytocin serotonin endorphins all of these are created by the body through our behavior endorphin serotonin movement does that Yes, yes. Dopamine. Um, if you complete a task, you get a hit of dopamine. Oxytocin. Be kind to someone. Hug your cat. Hug your kids. Tell them you love them. If you're doing these little things every day over time, you are flooded with these happy hormones, the painkillers, the the fucking the, you know, the the joy givers. So, if you want um, cells to keep reproducing, so you stay stay young, which is testosterone for men and human growth hormone. Guess what? If you're doing compound strength movements, it stimulates that production. If you cut out high proce highly processed foods like Kit Kats and these two-minute noodles and actually cooked at home for yourself, not only do you lose weight, but you help your body heal in a much quicker way. You're more energized. And this body is designed to eat off the trees and the earth. It's not designed to eat something with 50 names and emulsifiers in it. It's not designed to do that. So true. You know, so and, true. And, and guess what? It's in, entirely in everyone's control to completely reinvent themselves and change their life experience. And it starts by saying, I'm going to let go of everything that doesn't serve my new life. Let it go. You take nothing with you when you leave the planet, mate. Nothing. Time is the most valuable thing you own. You can't buy it. You can't steal it. No one can give it to you. You can't pray for it because you're on planet Earth. You're living in the human body. You've got to choose it. And then you support that choice with your daily mindset, action, behavior. And that's a choice. It. I love it. I love it. That's, that's really, really, really powerful. I'm curious to know before closing up with the last five questions that I really can't wait yeah. to, to ask yeah. you, George. Before that, uh, yes. who, who are the people that made the most influence in you for learning all of these things? Like, what, is that a book or any person that you've been following online to, that you learned all of yeah. these things from? Um, it's kind of interesting. So, so it's not just one person, um, but when I and it's funny when you actually say to yourself, "I want to, I want to work this out. I will work this out." The minute I do that, anyone does that, you open up your awareness. But then you've got to support that with the process of putting in the effort, right? <laughs> That's the link. It's not just going to come. But two things. Sorry, just on that. Long walks in nature 
was the most eye-opening thing for me. Massive. That alone time of reflection, self-talk, you work out a lot yourself. But people that I've, and in that process of me searching, I met Ian Gawler, Patria King. Then I met um, an amazing human being called Sinjin Mile, who's also um, um, a corporate coach, an amazing human being. He's the one that taught me about meditation. He's the one that got me started on this self-awareness of who, who we really are. We're not this body, we have a body. We're not our thoughts, we're our thoughts, we're not our feelings, we're our feelings. We're not our experiences, we have experiences. We can consciously choose our mindset our behavior. He's the guy that got me started on this. I met him 20 years ago, we're still good friends now. And yeah, we're still, I stay involved with him in, in doing things to help others as well. So um, they're definitely, they've had a part of it. But also, mate, I think we learn from everyone. I've learned from people what not to do as well. You know, when people used to treat me like shit, I'm like, that feels horrible. Thank you for showing me how never to treat another human being. You've made me a better person. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and then you walk out. So, but but I think for me, especially when it came to this, and also, um, you know, on another level, my dad used to always exercise at home. I think that would have had a that definitely had a positive impact on me too. Watching watching him do his push-ups and he used to be active a lot. I, I know I kind of learned from my environment. But when I really need to do something and I tell myself, I will work this out, I just need to work out how to do it. And then I start the process of exploring. That happens up my awareness. And that's when I actively meet people like um, Ian Gawler, Patrick King, Sinjin Mile, and all the other wonderful human beings I've met. I can't think, um, there's a lot there. Um, you know, I learn off my friends. The other thing is I learn off my friends. You know, the other thing, when you look at, when you look at your circle, there's always someone that's always helping along. Well, what are you doing? Just watch them. You watch them for a day, you'll see what they're doing, right? Then you replicate. You have that behavior. Yeah. But they're probably the people that have the most. Um, and in terms of business, there's a guy called Gary. Oh, he's, his um, LinkedIn tag is Gary V. Okay, to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I love his stuff because I'm big on kindness and empathy, mate, in business. And you know, when I was in Perth, I was, uh, I was in sales in Perth, the same company I've been with for almost 10 years. And I caught up with my old state manager many years later and he goes, no one's ever said a bad thing about you in Perth, man. In Perth, like a small town, it's a big city, but it is a small town still. And I go, well, and I had conversations with people saying, mate, people describe, when the pe- when your colleagues talk to me about you, they use the C-bomb about you. They say untrustworthy, they say snake, you know? And that, and that guy, and I, he didn't even have a bad thing to say about me because my intention was not to embarrass him. My intention was to make him aware of something that, that he's doing that's destroying his credibility and then encourage him to change that. So I think people, those people definitely had a positive effect. But, mate, everyone that I meet, you know, the, whether through a bad experience or a good experience, has an effect on me in a positive way. You know, I've learned a lot from what not to do from people that have treated me like rubbish, to be honest. And I've learned just as much from people who have treated me with kindness and have opened up their hearts and their, their awareness to me. I love it. But I, I really think long walks in nature were the most, and I'm talking hours, were the most healing thing for me emotionally, mentally, um, and physically. And yeah. my self-awareness in the moment was great. And, and when you're in that moment of, because a high-performance state is calm, relaxed, and alert. Right, we cannot do that if we're surrounded by the shit that's irritating us. We need to remove ourselves from that environment. And so, being don't and and so yeah and yeah. So that's basically. And I really think for anyone listening to this, if you really want to get your life back on track, it starts by start just let go of everything that doesn't serve the or nourish the life you want. If you want a loving environment, you've got to cut the people out of your life that aren't loving. They're not your friends, mate. Family is not a bloodline. 
family is behavior. Love is behavior. Kindness is behavior. You know, so for me, just because somebody's born into my circle genetically does not make them family. What makes people family is their behavior. You know, that they're loving, they don't judge, they're encouraging. We share life experiences together. We're there for each other. That is a family, family. Um, for yeah. me, that's what family is. So, um, yeah, and the other thing is look after yourself physically. Move your body nature every day. If you do those two things, just start with those two things, every day move in nature and cut out. That alone will get you started on, on your process. And the other thing is that, and the one that underpins all that, you've got to acknowledge with the truth is the foundation behavior for all positive change and healing. And maybe the truth is that, you know, I was the one that, I, I knew that I was involved in my disease because I was tolerating bad behavior and I was not doing what I knew in my heart I had to do. That's entirely on me. You know, I can't blame them for behaving like the way they did, but I can totally hold myself accountable for not saying that's unacceptable or not saying you're ripping me off, mate. You have to pay back the money I've loaned you. You have broken our terms. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, George, I'm going to ask you the last five questions to close it up. The first one I want to ask you is if you could write a sentence on a giant billboard that the entire world can read, what would you write? Um, Be your unique, authentic self every moment. I love that. I love that. That's it. That's what I'd say. That's beautiful. The second one is if you could spend five minutes with George at the age of 16 years old, what advice would you give? Um, uh, I'd say, um, well, that's a good question. Let me think about this. What would I say to myself? Keep being yourself, make your own choices. And just be in the moment. Be present in the moment, every moment, without judgment or expectations. That's what I'd say to myself. Love it. I love it. What is success to you? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think about that a lot, actually. Success to me is a feeling. And, and this is where I'm at right now at this point in my life, right? Because from experience I have, if I'm waking up healthy, strong, fit, joyful, and motivated every day, I'm living success. Mm. So that's for me, that's success. Uh, it's because everything's temporary. There's no end state. Every, it's every, life is just a series of beginning and ends, a whole lot yeah. of experiences, you know, and because, and at the end of the day, for me, if I'm, and for me, the only moment that exists and matters is right now. So this is important to me. So if I'm at this moment, if I'm healthy and I'm joyful and I'm strong and I'm fit and I'm motivated every moment, dude, I'm living success. Awesome. That is success for me. That's awesome, man. What is the best advice you ever received from someone? Um, and this is something I have to work on. Let, um, I think it's just let it go. Let, let it go. If you can't change it, you can't control it, let it go. Mm. I agree. I think that's a good thing. I, I think what I found hard to let go of, betrayal. Betrayal from people I love, trusted, and supported. I found that really hard. But then I have to remind myself, well, hang on. That's in the past. It doesn't exist anymore. I choose to let that go. And then I support my choice with my mindset, action, behavior. Because letting everything's a process. Yes. It's a series of, and I'm I'm getting better at letting go now. Um, and that's one thing I'd say: let go. Just let go of everything that doesn't serve the life you want to experience. Let it go. Awesome, it man. doesn't mean you don't hold people accountable. Like I'm holding someone accountable now that's betrayed me a lot. But again, I've let go of the feelings will pass and they're ready. I've let go of the judgment. It's in the past. I just let that experience go. The feelings will pass when they're ready, right? 
Well, not our feelings, we have feelings. But I choose to let that go. And I'm holding me accountable through a channel, you know, through the proper channels, because I want some, I want a resolution there. Even if the resolution is, mate, I can't repay you a cent, I'm really sorry I screwed you over. Fine. It's, res it's resolution, right? But I find letting go for me, letting go of betrayal for me, for especially from people I loved and trusted uh, and supported for a long time. I found that I found that that took work, a lot of work for me. Awesome. You know, letting go of awesome. something bag that gave me the finger, I don't care about that. It's no big deal. Yeah. You know, so but yeah, I think letting go of everything that doesn't serve what you, the life you want, let the practice letting go. Because if it's in the past, it no longer exists. It does not affect you or cannot touch you because it no longer exists. And and our healing and our growth happens when we apply the learnings. That's how I heal. You, you, and you feel the shift, by the way. You will feel the shift. When you say, Do you know what? I choose to let that go. That experience felt horrible. I choose to let that go. But I'm going to learn from that in a positive way. The minute you choose to evolve from that experience, your mindset, your behavior, and you apply that, that's when you feel the soul shift. You feel the shift in your body, man. You stand yep. up taller, your heart rate comes down. Like, oh, I feel alive now. I feel empowered again. Yep, that's powerful. That's powerful. Um, before my last question, George, where can people find you online if they want to work with you? How can they do that? Yeah, perfect. Um, they can go to my LinkedIn page. So it's um, this. I've got a corporate one. I'm working with a business at the moment, helping him out. And I've also got my all natural health and fitness page. So look up George Takeoff. But something I would say to people. Um, we've got a website called allnaturalhealthfitnessphilosophy.com.au. If you are on there, our blog has so much information resources to help you out. Everything we do is predominantly, um, we look at it. And for me, my intention is you actually don't need anything other than your body and your, your power of choice. You don't need anything else to create a healthy, strong, joyful, motivated life experience. You don't. Because it's all done by our daily mindset, attitude and behavior. We have complete choice over that. So what we've done on this website, it's um, www.allnaturalhealthfitnessphilosophy.com.au. You've got a blog, you've got heaps of blogs. We, my sister and I do this together. We've tried to make this accessible to everyone's like and personalities. So my my natural way is just very much, here's the evidence, here's the data, the support, here's how you do it. My sister's really creative in the way of approaching it. She's done heaps on nature. She's got, if you like, being out in the, um, in the jungle. She's, so you, you, but in there, you will find heaps of evidence-based um, information to help you work it out yourself. Because my job, to, I guess my job is passing this on. I'm opening up to your awareness. The life you want to create is entirely in your responsibility and in your control. And you can do it over time. Everything happens over time. And, and, don't, just because you're doing something and you're not seeing, seeing the result tomorrow, don't take, um, don't take that for granted. You are building the foundation for success. If I asked you to do 20 push-ups every day, you're not going to see change in a day. You won't see it in a week. But do you know what's happening on the inside of your body? Your cells are doing their work. They're making the bone density stronger. They're improving all the network of vascular systems in your Everything's happening. And then at some point down the track, you wake up one day, you've got guns, you've got big muscles, you're energized. It all comes together. So you need to trust the process of creation takes time, but it's nurtured daily at an enjoyable pace, sustainable I it. pace. I love it. It's a bit That's like it, um, yeah. when you're planting a seed and you don't see the plant the day after. It takes a process of nature to actually to grow. That's right. And I think we're good, so good, aligned um, when you say, you know, doing 100 push-ups and these actually for the last eight years, I've been doing 100 sit-ups and 50 dips every single day, every single morning after my bike ride. 
So we're so so aligned in terms of consistency and really putting the, the, the effort and putting the work in. My last question, George, is um, what is the impact that you want to make on others? Um, honestly, I just want everyone to um, create a life experience. They love getting out of bed for every single day. That's what I want. And I know it's up to them to do it. My, I guess what I'd like to do is just bring their awareness to match. Look, and if I can summarize, summarize like this, and this is to every human being on the planet, the fact that you're on this planet and that you're an expression of creation means you are very powerful and you are very intelligent. Your creation is powerful and it's intelligent. So you're powerful and you're intelligent. The way you access your intelligence and switch on your power state is by taking responsibility for your choices and experiences without judging yourself and without expectations. Just do the work over time, mate. You'll get there eventually. The one thing that defines those that do it that don't is the consistent effort over time. Do you know? So, um, and make your own choices. Your body, there's only one person that has your, your thumbprint and your arena. That's your body for your experience. This is my body for my experience. Your intuition is real. Your gut instinct is real. Make your own choices. Ask yourself, does this feel right for me? If it does, act on that. If it doesn't, let it go. And remember, this is an experience. You take nothing with you. If today you want to sit down and watch a sunset, just watch the sunset. Because the best thing we can do and you can do and I can do for, for my family and my friends and everyone on this world is be happy, healthy, strong, fit, and joyful and motivated because that will have a positive impact on everyone around me. Right? And that's my big thing is I want people to you can do it. Whatever you want to create, you can do it. And it doesn't happen by harming others or lying to them. It happens by behaving with truth Authenticity, responsibility, you know, deliver on your promises and be awesome. kind to yourself. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's what I'd say to them. That's the biggest impact for me is I know how amazing everyone is. I know how capable and smart every human being on this planet is. And and something that stands me when people don't act on that. Use your power, mate. Use it. You're smart. Do it. Awesome. You know, and no, if you don't like being an accountant, stop being an accountant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you love working with the ocean, go work in the ocean, you know, yes. and don't forget money's not real, mate. Be productive in your life to start with, you know, make sure your room's tidy, make sure your living environment you want to come home to it, start with that, yeah. you know, because you can't buy the things that make life great. You just can't. It doesn't work that way because money's not real. It's made up, you know. It's our behavior that matters. What matters is us, is my behavior, my body, the people around my world, in my life, and this planet. That's what really matters in all of creation. I love it. I love it. George, it's been a pleasure to have you in the show. You share so many knowledge, so many things that Thanks, I'm 100% confident that the audience is going to find insightful and really helpful, whatever they are at in their journey. And I'm really glad to, you know, to have someone in the show that is very aligned with my vision and my values. So thank you for being here and hopefully we can have you back yep. in the future. Mate, I love it. I love it. And thanks for inviting me, man. I really appreciate this. You're reaching out. It's been wonderful chatting with you. And can, can I start before you go? What's your big intention for the world with what you're doing? I want to be empowering people. I want to be, you know, one of the things that I was lacking the most when I was growing up was some that person that believed. And I know that whether you are George or Matteo or Renata, whoever you are out there, you need some, you can just need that one person that believes in you that you can do something extraordinary to actually believe in yourself and go for it and have the, the faith that you can achieve something extraordinary. So I want to empower people. I want to believe in people and, and I want to really help people to, to feel included, you know, to feel like they are, they matter. Can I, mate, I love hearing that. Can I just share one last thing? I think it's really going to add to this. 
everything, self-belief, self-awareness, self-responsibility, they're the behaviors that I promote. I believe in myself and I believe in you. This is where it starts. Self-belief is where it starts. And the way you build your self-belief, set yourself a little challenge. Do you know why I did that thousand push-ups? Set myself a challenge. I believe, I keep telling myself, I'm going to do this. I'm choosing to do this. I'll do another 10 now. I'm going to do another 10 now. That's how you do it. You know, I've walked 45 Ks. I've got up one morning. I'm going to walk a marathon today. I had a couple of months and water. I started walking. I did 46 Ks in like 13 hours. A year later, I did the same concept. I did 63 Ks in 11 hours. You know, this, this is it. And again, it's a choice. I believe in myself. I can do this and I will do this. I choose to do this and I choose to put in the effort required. Practice this skill, guys. It's a choice. Believing yourself is a choice. So I choose to believe in myself. Now back that up with a behavior. You know, whether it's eating better, whether it's looking after yourself, have a shower, clean up your room, do something. You've got to put in the effort though. It all kind of starts. Those chemicals that make us feel good, dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin, endorphins, they're created by our behavior. The body, this, this whole experience is a response to the way we choose to behave and think about life. And that's a choice. Our mindset actually behaves a choice. Awesome. Thanks, mate. I really enjoyed having you here, mate. Thanks for listening. Thank you.